what up, what up, what up? It's Pope the Blueprint, the host of the number one networking show. And I like to take the first couple of seconds of each show to highlight any local brands or brands that's been on my show. And tonight I am wearing 12 Faces of Sober. Uh, it's a good brother down in Florida. He was on the show. He has a book called 12 Faces of Sober and the merch. So I encourage people to support, support, support. And we have a special guest in the virtual building tonight. How you feeling tonight? I'm feeling real good. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm awesome. So before we get into the journey and the inspiration, if you can just introduce yourself, let everybody know where you're from, and just a brief overview of your book, and we get ready to take it back to day one. Okay. All right. I'm with that. So I am Tish Dorsey. I am originally from Chester, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia, um, but I am now residing in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I just wrote a book called 15 Reasons Why I Kept Fighting. So that mm. book is definitely about my experience going through a divorce, being married to a pastor. So it's my okay. experience. It has nothing to do with him. It's my experience. Okay. I, you know what? I'm ready to get into the journey because I'm a Bible college dropout, right? Oh, snap. Okay. <laughs> And, 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 you know, I say that because for me, it's a journey of authenticity, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I never wanted to do something where my heart wasn't in it. So let's get into the book and, um, okay. you know, you know, give people an overview, the 15 reasons you kept fighting. But let's talk about the inspiration, right? What does this book mean for you? And when did you decide to write it? So originally I started writing, it was definitely going to be a different title. So I started writing maybe last year sometime. Um, and it was supposed to be called A Journey of a Fighter um, because I have an organization called It's Worth the Fight. So, um, and that is to support men and women who have been emotionally, financially, spiritually abused, physically abused. I support them. And my colleagues and myself come together um, quarterly to support those individuals. So it was supposed to be called um, A Journey of a Fighter. Um, and then some things happened in my life. And I'm like, I don't feel like writing this book. But then, you know, something hit me. and was like, you got to have something to tell the people because I've been out of the loop for so long being a first lady. So after things went down and I went through my divorce, I kind of like went away from everybody. So I had to come up with 15 reasons why I still kept fighting. And, and that's how I came up with that. 15 reasons why you kept fighting, being a first lady. Now in that book, do you talk about the experience as a first lady? Like, give us that overview because we're getting ready to go in. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I was born and raised up in the church. I come from a long line of preachers and pastors, my mom, my brother, my grandmother, you know, and so um, I married one. We started the ministry fresh. Like, we were really young. We were 27. Um, well, I was 27. I was 27 when I got married at the time. Um, we were really young. My grandmother decided to leave the ministry and leave it into his hands. So um, I talk about not so much of the beginning, but the beginning of where my marriage was falling apart 
as a first lady, you know, you you sit up in a church and you have this persona, you know, make, think, making everybody think that everything is okay and everybody look up to you because you are the first lady. They think that you have all the answers and you can encourage them, but I didn't have nobody to encourage me at that time. So yes, I definitely talk about that experience, how I dipped into depression, um, depression, alcoholism, like it, it gets deep. It really does. And again, it really doesn't have anything to do with him. It was my experience, what I went through by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, being a, a PK, because that's what we call mm-hmm. it, like a preacher kid, yeah. um, gr- growing up in the church, did you ever feel any pressure to kind of follow those footsteps, first of all, to become a first lady? What, what was that pressure like growing up? Absolutely. When you have a whole family, well, my mother's side, a whole family of preachers and choir directors and singers and all of that, of course the pressure is on. Um, I started singing at the age of five. My grandmother was out preaching and she would want me to follow her to sing. So I had no other choice but to be a part of ministry, to be a part of church. It wasn't like, do I want to do this? No, I had to do this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've experienced a lot of that because when I went to Bible college, I met a lot of preachers' kids, right? And so some wanted to be there and some didn't want to be there, you know, and some kind of went through the motions. So now when you guys met, was it was he already in ministry or was it something that he kind of got into after he met you? No, so he was definitely not in ministry. Um, we kind of already, we kind of grew up together in the same ministry, if you will. Um, so he was coming back and getting off the streets or whatever, doing his thing. And he decided to get saved and started, you know, just working alongside my grandmother um, as she was um, pursuing or finishing up ministry. She had five churches under her. So um, she decided to kind of like just develop him. But we had already kind of knew each other even as kids. We just kind of find our way back to Pennsylvania at the same time. So, no, he wasn't. He definitely wasn't. I mean, we were church kids, but we yeah. weren't doing what we started as a ministry. No. Got you. Got you. And I asked that question, too, because as he was going through his journey, I'm just thinking to myself, was there any pressure on him now that, you know, your grandma was kind of putting the ministry in his hands? You know what I mean? Um, because there's a there's a lot of pressure and responsibility. So mm-hmm. to kind of fast forward to that part, right? When you started to go through your kind of spiritual decline, did you kind of sense it coming? Or what, when did you kind of come full circle to say, I, I'm not in this anymore? Um. I wouldn't say I sensed it because I'm a person that loves hard and Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of things that I don't want to see a lot of things. You know, sometimes things are right in your face, but because I love hard and I'm a wife. So I ignored everything as he did as well. We tried to make it work. So I didn't have that sense, but there were people that would come up as we call prophets that would say, Hey, something is, and I'll never forget it. The lady from Philadelphia came up to me and she said in front of everybody, she said, something is about to destroy you and your marriage. That's exactly what she said. And I got upset because I'm like, first of all, why do you say this in front of everybody? And then second, I've already been married 10 years. What's going to come and destroy my marriage. I didn't think nothing of it. So no, I didn't sense anything because I was blindsided because I chose to be. Mm. I chose to be blind. 
you chose to be blind. So now, as far as going back, would you have handled the situation a little different? I know our journey is a part of our journey, but knowing what you know now, would you have kind of prepared more or would you have done anything different? Absolutely. I wouldn't have got married. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the truth is the truth. I, yeah. I wouldn't have got married. Yeah. And he says yeah. the same thing. I think that yeah. we were pressured into um, getting married. Now, what, what advice would you have to parents or anyone that, that's kind of in that position maybe that your grandmother was in that, that you can kind of say, hey, to, to be proactive, right? And, and say mm-hmm. like, you need to think about this and not put this pressure on those that are coming up. What, what advice would you give to parents and people that are listening? Um, I would just kind of say, I, and no disrespect, because my grandmother is now deceased. So yeah. I would just say, um, again, no disrespect, just kind of like mind your business. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, at, we, I was young. I was 27. And everybody knows who knows me knows that I, whatever my grandmother said was gold. I took that. And I didn't know that she had a conversation with him. And kind of like told him, if you're going to date my granddaughter, then you need to marry her. I didn't know that to the ending of our marriage. Mm. So that's why I said I probably wouldn't have got married. And I wish, you know, my grandmother probably would have just kind of like stayed out of it, maybe. Because we were dating, but we definitely wouldn't think about marriage, let alone run a church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. that That's great advice, right? Because some things you kind of have to learn on your own. Yes. And grow into it, right? Because if you're trusting that the Lord has a vision for them, then you also have to let him speak to the individual as well to kind of move on their time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And my grandmother was a, like, she was not so much religious, but she just stood by the Bible. And you know how they are, you know, there's no shacking up. There's no, you're going to get married, you know, regardless yeah. of who was there or not. So um, I just come to the realization when he said that, you know, I married her because her grandmother told me if I was going to date her, then I needed to marry her. I remember that night like it was yesterday. And I think that my heart was like, what? My grandmother said that? She yeah. really did? Like, so we were forced into marriage. So I just, I would say just like kind of chill. You know what I mean? Like, let yeah. you let your kids be who they are. Don't rush into marriage because marriage is such a sacred thing. And it didn't discourage me from being married again because I still want to be married again. He done moved on and got married. Why can't I? You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. just, I, I guess just let it be. Yeah. No, that's, that's great advice. So now when you received that prophecy, right? How, did the relationship take a downturn after that? Like how far after that prophecy did the relationship start to take a turn? maybe a couple months I would say because he doesn't okay. even know about prophecy I never voiced it I never said anything except for to my best friend who was there at the time she knew but I never really said anything so it was mm. a couple months and I'm like wow she told me that this was going to happen yeah yeah so now so when it when it started to unfold for you is that when you kind of went into the depression and started seeking things to kind of soul you at that point? Yes. Like um, we had a meeting at, it was a Bible study. Never forget. And he told the church that, um, you know, our marriage was going to be dissolved. And from that moment on, it was just like 
a whole, I'll never forget, is like darkness just came over me. Mm. One, because I was embarrassed. Two, because we was well known. You know, they used to call us the Bonnie and Clyde of the gospel. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was embarrassed. And at the time, the city is not that huge and stuff like that spreads like wildfire. So I was embarrassed. Yeah. And um, I started drinking very bad like mm. day morning noon and night i would i would still try to do like people would still call me to sing people would still call me to um to speak and right after i would leave there i would drink it was bad I, it was bad and i had to go to therapy and sit for a whole year on a woman's couch mm. because it was it was very bad because i felt like i was losing everything i slept in my car for two days um mm. left out of the house and that was our house and i left you know what I mean? So it was very bad. Depression had me, depression, oppression, with any essence, <laughs> mm-hmm. had me. Um, and like I said, I was just drinking every day, but I was still walking around with a smile on my face. Mm. So I a lot to, of people didn't know you were people. going through it. They didn't know you no, were really going no. through as much as you were going through. They did not know. Maybe about two of my girlfriends knew, my very close friends, morning, noon, and night, they were there. They seen me go through the crying stages, um, the talking about the stage. I, I wanted to fight. I rolled up to the church a couple times, ready to fight. And I had to turn around. Yes, it was really that bad. It was really, And a lot of people don't know what I went through until they read the book. Yeah, because I've seen some of the reviews and they were like, Tish, I didn't know you were going through that. Yeah. Yes. My mother didn't know I went through that. Matter of fact, I, um, my baby brother, which um, I just lost him in April 1st, on April 1st, um, which I'm still dealing with. I wrote a whole chapter in my book about our bond during the worst time of my life, which I talk about the divorce. My brother would travel from Charlotte to Delaware to see me. Now he would say he would come and do something else, but I knew that he was coming to check on his big sister. Mm. um nobody else in my family did it and I'm sorry I get emotional now because you know it's just been like my brother just passed um yeah but he was the only one that would travel out of my family to come and see about me the only one Mm. and definitely my condolences because I did see that as I was going through the Instagram and um and 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 that's special you know that that you wrote a whole chapter dedicated Mm -hmm to mm-hmm. him and, and I know he's smiling down you know because that's very honorable to come see you and what was that relationship like during that time like how much did that mean to you I know I don't want to get you too emotional but that's <laughs> a bond. you're fine um I have I have two siblings two other siblings but my baby brother I I, I spoiled him so we've always been tight um in fact my last time seeing him was at my book signing um and this last past march and he paid for everything everything because he was just so proud of me and like i said i'm the oldest he's the baby you know he's the one with the wife and the kids i have none of that (laughs) but our bond was extremely tight like you couldn't i called him baby boy you couldn't tell me that's not my brother you couldn't say you couldn't do nothing to him and i don't get upset that's the bond that we shared and not knowing that i was going to lose him the month after after I released my book, but um, I just decided to write because I needed people to know that this man, my brother, the baby of the bunch, 
was the only one that was there for me and my family. Mm. That's the only special. One. That's special. That's special. So now, as you were going through those dark moments, you said there was like a separation that you withdrew. So when did you decide, one, I want to write this book, and how long did it take for you to get it done? So um, I think when I thought that I was ready to um, share my story, I thought I was ready. And I know that, you know, a lot of people know who I am um, because of things that I've done, my organization and, you know, just traveling throughout the tri-state. I felt like people were rooting for me. So, hey, okay, Tish need to get back up and share this story because it's going to help somebody else. Or where's Tish at? We don't know where Tish at. Um, you know, I came off of social media for a while. I wanted to be in hiding. So during that, I felt like, even though I went to therapy, I felt like I needed to write about it because that was going to be part of my healing too. Not thinking that my book was going to be, you know, Amazon's top 10 new releases. I did not know that it was going to get the feedback that it got. I did not know any of that. And I just feel like God ordained this to happen. And it only took me, I kept stopping. So maybe about a year because I kept stopping because yeah. when you write, it brings back memories of what you went through. So I kept stopping. Yeah, yeah. So about a that's, year. That's, that's intense, right? Because I'm sure as you're going through it, now was there a point like when you kept stopping, was it just that you didn't want to share or was it too emotional or you just said like, look, I don't want to do this no more. This is too deep. I don't want to share. All the above. Mm. All the above, especially because I felt like um, some people were going to say I was lying. Some people was not going to believe me. And then do I want people to know the most intimate part of how I was feeling while I was going through my divorce? Um, and just like, I'm just done. Like, it's a whole nother. It's like you're reliving it while you're writing. And I didn't yeah. have the strength to continue. That's why I kept stopping because I was reliving it. And I felt myself being angry again like ready to fight again. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. why I think that it took me, cause I, let me tell you, I'm a fighter and I yeah. was ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it just kind of took me that long because of all the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why did you keep fighting, right? I know you can't go into all 15, but just share a few why, why you kept fighting. Cause you didn't have to write the book, but you wanted to inspire. So what, why did you keep fighting? Because my life depended on it. All in a nutshell. My life depended on it. People depended on me and people depended on my life. And I'm a firm believer that God ordained people to you to help them. And there are a few people I know that God assigned to my life. I know. And if I don't fight, how are they going to fight? If I don't come out of this depression, how are they going to come out of theirs? You know, um, I was a role model and people looked up to me. So I had to keep fighting. I had to keep fighting for my life, for my family, for my friends, for love, to find love again. That's why I kept fighting. Yeah. 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 Because you know what? A lot of times it's deeper than just us. Right. Because. Yeah. 
You know, we, we have to keep going because there's so many people right now. It's like a bus stop. It's so many people are waiting for us to arrive to our destination, to give them that lift, to get yeah. them to the next destination. Yeah. Yeah. And people were waiting on me. They were rooting for me. Like when I actually decided or I left the church that night after the meeting, a lot of people left. A lot of people are like, if you're not going to be there, we're not going to be there either. A lot of people thought that it was BS. So they end up leaving. You know, a lot of people were affected and hurt by our divorce. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I still keep in contact and I'm still praying for those people and they still call me and they still ask for advice. They still are rooting for me to get back into that place. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard because now it's hard for me to trust. Even though I grew up in the church, it's now hard for me to trust the church. Yeah. 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 And, you know, um, you know, that and I'm just thinking about what you're saying. Right. And. Um, it, it's taking me back to why I'm a Bible college dropout. Right. Because I never wanted to. Impact. People to impact their faith. You know, my bad decisions could impact their, their walk of faith. You right. see what I'm saying? Um, wow, that's deep. That's deep. So now, and, and, you know, as I, as I think about my journey, you know, it's honorable that you came back. You know what I mean? That you gathered the strength. And so when I think about it, you writing this book is like part of your ministry now. You know what I mean? Do, do you feel that way? How do you feel about like your representation of your being outspoken with this book now? Um, I think that it's another platform for me to inspire other people. Like I don't have to be in the pulpit any longer you know um that this book right here is supposed to do what it's supposed to do and that's a, supposed to inspire you may never see me in a pulpit again you know what i mean yeah. that's okay but you have my book to inspire you to say hey if i kept fighting out of that or from that then you have to keep fighting too so i may never pick up a mic again and it's, that will be okay with me. I will never, yeah. may never get in the pulpit. Like I said, that will be okay with me. As long yeah. as you get the message by what you're reading. That's what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Because, you know, ministry is in so many different forms. And I think that, yeah. and, and you know, for me, this podcast has become a ministry. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just allowing people to give their voice, to speak their truths. And so, like, like you said, you may never see me in that capacity again. You know what I mean? But it doesn't mean that the faith isn't there. It doesn't mean that, you know, my beliefs have swayed. It's just that the way I'm going about it is different. So right. once the book is out now, what's, what's been the reaction now? Like, what has been some of the positive feedback? It is amazing. It's, oh my, I, I can't. I cannot I'm still in awe like I'm still like God did you really just do this like the response from this book and I would go on Amazon and read the reviews it's not many but just to read it like 
are you saying five stars? What, me? <laughs> you know, like the response is just amazing. I can't believe it. You know, and my publisher called me one morning and she was like, I need you to see this. You are on Amazon's top 10 hot new releases. What? Are you talking, you talking about Tish? <laughs> no, you ain't talking about Tish. Not somebody from the, from east side of Chester. No. So it's just been like an amazing journey. We're preparing for a book journey. And this is what I am purposed to do. And I even told him, like, this is my story. It has nothing to do with you. This is my story. Yeah. My story. Yeah. I don't mention, I don't talk bad about nobody. This is what I went through. Yeah. So, and what, what was his what was his what was what was his response, right? Because I feel like you're doing a great job at keeping it about you and your journey. Did he ever feel attack or defensive at that point? Um well he had told me um that people were telling him that I was bashing him in my book. And I, okay. I asked him, did you actually read my book? <laughs> because if you read it, you will know that I'm not bashing. I'm still covering you. Yeah. Yeah. That's honorable. That's un I mean, it's, it's honorable for you. And I love that you're doing that. And you know what I mean? Because that just shows your character. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It shows that even in the midst where you could try to throw someone under the bus. Because <laughs> I like, can, okay? <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But it's honorable yeah. and it shows into your character, right? And so now, do you still have your, your organization? Because I, I want to touch on the organization and what that's about and uh, what the positive things you're doing in your organization there and the name of it also. So yeah, um, it's called It's Worth the Fight. And I also have an um, a entertainment company called A&B, Christian Entertainment. I wrote and produced four stage plays, also about shows, thanks be unto God. Um, so um, It's Worth the Fight was established in 2013. It's for my testimony of being um, raped. Um, still back then, still dealing with alcoholism too, as well, were from the past. Um, but yes, I had actually laid it aside because I was dealing with my brother's death. Um, still is, and I'm still slowly picking it back up. But yes, it is to support men and women. At, it started with just supporting women. But now, yeah. you know, men go through emotional um, distress. They go through tragic events as well. So it's to support them as well. Um, so I am relaunching It's Worth the Fight in October of this year. So it's That's going to be huge. Yeah, you know what? It's dope because it's a lot of people that go through similar situations. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And having a voice and having that support system is huge. Yeah. And I enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because if I, I survive, anybody can survive. Yeah. And that's how I feel. How, how yeah. do you stay strong, right? Like on a daily basis, how do you keep yourself motivated and, and, and keep yourself inspired to keep going? Honestly, I don't know. I know that I, I've just started um, because like I said, I'm, I'm still, you know, I, with my, I, still dealing with the death of my baby, my brothers. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm still like, how do I get up every morning and function? Because I don't, but I do get up and I, I, I pray every morning and it may sound cliche, but for me, it's really real. I get up and pray any morning, every morning, and I read scriptures to feed my spirit. 
that is how I'm surviving. And you have to have a support system around you that's going to push you to your destiny. If you cannot push me to my destiny, I don't need to be connected to you. Yeah. I don't have to have a host of friends. Actually, I lost a lot during this process. I've lost a lot of friends during this process. I probably have like four. Yeah. <laughs> but they push me. They, they're like knocking on the door. Tish, you need to get up. Tish, you need to do this. You can't stay stuck here. And those are the kind of people that you should have in your corner. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing feeling. And they get on my nerves sometimes. But maybe this day, I want to be, I want to cry. I don't want to get up, you know. But as long as you have somebody in your corner that's going to push you to your destiny and see the potential that you have, then it makes everything all right. And that's how I survive. That's how I remain strong. I may look strong, but there are parts of me that are not strong at all. Yeah. Well, you know, I I have that. I'm good. Well, well, you know what I love about that, your transparency, because in the age of Instagram, people can make things look a certain way. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But I love that you're being so transparent because we're all human. Like the Bible says, Jesus cried, right? Jesus got angry and flipped over tables. Right. Yes. And the Bible, the Bible says, be a, in, in your anger, sin not. So it's, not. you know, it's, it's not a sin to get angry, to cry, because feelings are like the weather. They change. But it's about the foundation that you're standing on. So I just love that you're transparent because yeah. it's a lot of people, they may feel defeated because they don't feel like their life is like that social media person that they see. Right. Right. And I don't, I, so many times I'm saying, Hey, I'm not okay. Is anybody, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. And I don't mind saying I'm not okay. Don't yeah. ever, like, we cannot hold that. We have to let somebody know. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in supporting people with mental um, disabilities and illnesses. And you know what I mean? Cause that was me. I almost lost my mind. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to commit yeah. suicide. That was me going through my divorce. So it's okay to say, Hey, I'm not okay. And there are moments where I'm not okay. And everybody seems to think Tish got it together. Tish is a mess. She doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> a blessed match. You a blessed match. <laughs> yes, a blessed match. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh my goodness. No, I love it. Now, was it anything before we end? Was it anything that you wanted to discuss about the book, what you're working on, that we may not have covered um, that you want to share with the people before we go? Yes, yeah, so the book is definitely out now. It's um, available on Amazon. You can go to Amazon. Soon you write, soon you put in the search, Tish, the book will come up. <laughs> so it's definitely on Amazon. Um, you can get it on there. I'm definitely going to be posting about my book tour. So you can definitely follow me on all social media outlets, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, just to kind of keep up. But this book is going to inspire you um, to let you know that, hey, if you got one reason to keep fighting, keep fighting. Just one. Yeah. If you have one, just to keep fighting. Um, so, yeah. And I know that, you know, a lot of people will be surprised about my testimony because it doesn't look like I've been through what I've been through. But, yes, married to a pastor for 10 years going through a divorce. Because, you know, when we growing up, they're like, no, there's no divorcing in a church. Yeah. You, you're not getting a divorce. No, you're going to work it out. But, yeah. 
my experience was definitely different. So yeah, this book is available, 15 Reasons Why I Kept Fighting. It's going to um, inspire you. I am, beside the book tour, I am going to start writing another one. That book will be dedicated to my brother to be all his quotes that he's ever put, I'm going to put in a book form. Because he was mm-hmm. big time too. He had his own record label. He had um, inspired people on a daily basis. And I say so often that my timeline on my Facebook is just not the same without my brother. Because he's always inspiring people to be better. He had um, Team Ambition is what he called it. It was a record label. And he um, worked with, because his son was autistic. So he had that business, Team Ambition, working with autistic um, you know, kids and supported that. So my next book is definitely going to be in memory of him. That's major. That yeah. that's major there. You know what I mean. And, and and you know, once that's all done, you're welcome to come back and talk about that book and and, and you know share some revelation on that book because I know that's going to be super special as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you know, just sharing his life and I don't know how long it's going to take you on that one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that that one is, is, you know, bringing back those moments and recapturing his inspiration, right? And so just one thing, what, what would be one thing that you could take away that you've learned from your brother that you kind of try to exercise every day, maybe? Patience. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. <laughs> Patience. With not with work, but with people. He never allowed what people said to dictate how he moved. Mm. Never. As young as he was. Man, he, he'll be like, man, you worried about that? Why are you worried about that? He never allowed anybody to t- dictate his next move. And that's why our community was so sad. Because, I mean, like, people show my brother mad love. And so... That's what I would take patience. I, I don't know how he, he would have to tell me to calm down. You know, my book sign, I'm like, nothing is going right. He was like, did you just write for a place? This ain't nothing new to you. And that's how he was, calm down. Mm. So patience, I'm still learning that. And then, like I said, it's with people. Never did he care about what anybody thought of him. Never. Mm. You, you know who that reminds me of when you talk about the patience? The marathon, the marathon, Nipsey Hussle. Yes. That, that's what that, that's, yes. that, you know, that's, what, that's who that reminds me of as you're giving that illustration, you know, the marathon. Yes, yes, absolutely. Abs- yeah, yes. And, and Shamar was that humble, just like Nipsey. Mm. He, he gave to the homeless. He gave book bags out to the kids when it was time for them to go back to school. Like he had, he had it. He would take a part of Charlotte where all the homeless people was and take a team out and just feed the homeless. Like that's who he was. That's mm. who he was. Yep. Man, I'm getting ready to put on some Nipsey tonight. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Prolific. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Prolific. You know what I mean? Because that's going to be special. That's going to be special. Yeah. And, um, you know, before we go, I always like to leave on a word of encouragement. And so it may be for people thinking about quitting, getting ready to start, whatever the case may be. Uh, but if you can just end us with those last words of encouragement before we go. Yes, I will say this. 
it's worth the fight. As you can see, I got my, my brand name on it. It's worth the fight. I don't care what you've been through, what you experienced. And, you know, a person may be crying right now saying, I'm ready to give up. But just think about it. It is worth you fighting. Your life depends on it. Somebody depend on you. You should depend on you. It's worth fight. Don't give up the fight. It's worth it. I'm glad that I kept fighting because I was yeah. out of it losing it and even when we get to that part of losing our very mind or we think we get ready to lose it then here comes a breakthrough and you'll sit back and be like i was about to give up no keep fighting it's worth it keep fighting and it's a blessing in it as well i'm blessed because of it because i can't fight it i appreciate you coming on the show you Thank know, you sharing your journey. Yeah, yeah. And like I always say, this is not the end. This is only the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, you're always welcome back on the winner's circle. So thank you so much. Much success to you. Oh, and, and you said that the book tour it starts on, in August, right? It starts August 2020, the last Saturday in August. I don't even know that date, but we'll be okay. in Virginia Got you. Now, how, how will that go to give people a vision? Will it be like a book signing, speaking, or what, what should we expect on that? Yes, yeah, so there would definitely be a book signing. I have books on hand, and I would definitely share a portion of my story during that time. And because um, I, I love to go around meeting people because I love to travel. So I don't mind answering questions. There will be like um, an answer question during a book signing, you know. So, yeah, it would be all that. That's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Well, everybody, we are out. You heard it here. 15 reasons why you need to keep fighting. It's out now. Go grab you a copy. Put in yes. on Amazon, wherever you need to go. Go grab that. Go grab that. And we out. Peace. Peace.